Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we start today's podcast, a quick heads up on Sherlock's VIP club. From restaurants, bars and hotels to beauty, wellness and shopping, Sherlock's partners with some of London's best destinations and hottest brands to bring its VIPs exclusive monthly offers. So why not sign up? It'll cost you just £5 a month or £50 for the year. Use your card once or twice and you'll have made that amount back in no time. For more information, visit sherlocksvip.com. Welcome to the Sherlock's Highlights podcast with me, Charlotte Collins. This week, I'm joined by Heather Steele, Pascal Day, and Lou Huff. Hi, everyone. Hi. How was everyone's weekend? I had the best weekend watching the tennis. <laughs> On Friday, I watched the Nadal-Federer game, which was epic. I watched Federer's 73 questions on Vogue, and he said the person he dreads playing the most is Nadal, but the person he loves playing the most is also Nadal. So it was a really, really good match. And then the final was then obviously on Sunday against Djokovic, and what a final that was. Just so good. Five hours of just epic sports. Five hours? Yeah, it was the longest, longest ever. Ever final ever, yeah. Oh my God. And it was just every single point I was on the edge of my seat. And I mean, I was obviously team feds, gutted he didn't win, but it was really amazing to watch. I think I'm the only person in the UK who was team Djokovic. What? I love Federer. Obviously he's fab, but I really like it. And I know Djokovic isn't exactly an underdog, but I don't like there being a monopoly in any one thing. I like when it's a bit disruptive it's not just the obvious choice and so I wanted Djokovic to win because it's like well the Federer wins and it's like well yeah well duh Federer won you know yeah but Djokovic is world number one already I know exactly so he's not really like oh what a surprise he won (laughs) right but between the two I'd rather the one that was less expected win I think in most instances yes but I do like Federer yeah Mm. and also I do wish that Serena had won as well yes rooting for her but never mind I don't watch the tennis but I was very much enjoying drunk Woody Harrelson oh my god he was amazing he's too cringy I can't look at him I did see him try and come back from the loo and they were like no sit down and And he he was was like stumbling all over the place (laughs) drinking loads of wine wearing his nice fancy hat loved it it was amazing loved it that was a highlight for me personally it it is good slow spotting (laughs) it is really really good big guns Kendall Mm. Jenner was there yeah fascinating nothing for me beats the Jude and Sienna days I used to just love watching them together but normally when Federer's in a final you get a glimpse of Anna Wintour as well I was disappointed she wasn't here yes true Mm -hmm. yeah anyway I was really surprised how on Sunday night post all the sporting excitement how my Instagram feed seemed to be more filled with cricket than tennis I personally am not engaged in the cricket at all I'm not either but I watched the entire game on Sunday and loved it do you understand it do you know the rules so it started at half ten and finished at half seven there or thereabouts long enough to understand yeah yeah, I knew my boyfriend was going to put it on so once it was half ten I was like right explain how this actually works because it's going to be on mm, okay. and I'm going to have to watch some of it and uh, you enjoyed it I loved it once I actually knew what was going on it made a lot more sense and basically New Zealand batted first so by the time England came up there was a score to beat and I found that bit going forward okay. mm. 
<clears throat> was the exciting bit because there was something to go up against. Yeah. And yeah, it was so tense. I mean, for someone who's never watched cricket before, everyone said it was the best cricket game ever. Yeah. So mm. I think I definitely came into it at a good time and no other cricket game is going to be like that. I just can't get into cricket, Pascal. No, yeah. no, but I heard it was a good game, but I wouldn't know what was going on. No. And it goes on for so long. Yeah, I mean, that is like a marathon. It was long. Yeah. But yeah. that's just one day. They're usually five days long. I'm not going to get into test cricket. Hell no. Can I say, there are a few things worse for me than like being in a pub for like a big sporting match or something like that. I find it quite a laddie environment. But there's been a number of times over the past few years where I've happened to be in an airport when there's been a big sporting match on, when England were knocked out the semi-finals, I think it was the semis of the World Cup yeah. last year. Again, I was sat in an airport and I was watching the Nadal-Federer game on Friday, also in the airport. And there is something really fun about watching with a big group of people yeah, who definitely. don't know each other, yeah. but you're all equally invested in yeah. this one thing. Yeah. I don't know it's what that a is. real like, camaraderie. Yeah. And I also get it when I go to a concert and you look around and everybody around you who you don't know at all is everyone is focused on exactly the same thing and I think that's so amazing in like a world where everything is so busy and everyone's got their own things that they're doing to suddenly have everyone focus on one thing yeah it's really so cool. true I think that's it in an airport normally as well it's so much hustle and yeah, bustle exactly. and everyone's just still because they're all yeah. invested in this one thing it's cool completely other than all the sport what has everybody been watching this week so I've started watching Succession, which was on Sky Atlantic last year, and the second series is about to start next month, also on Sky Atlantic. It's kind of King Lear for modern times, and it's about a media mogul who decides to relinquish his company to his sons and daughter, but then at the last minute, once everyone's kind of in place with their new job titles, he starts going a bit loopy and decides not to, and the fallout is massive, and it's really, really good. It's got some really good performances. Brian Cox is the main media mogul. And it's also got Kieran Culkin in, who's really good. What is the vibe of it? Is it funny? Is it dark? Yeah, it, is it's it... a bit of everything. The vibe, it's kind of, it's very serious in, in one sense. It's kind of like business and, you know, all of that going on. But the humour's very funny. There's lots of really dry moments and there's obviously a couple of sort of humorous characters dotted throughout as well. Oh, so how many episodes are there in the first season? Uh, so there are ten okay. together, And then, yeah, second series full of ten. But yeah, Charlie Brooker's called it the best thing he's watched in years which cool. is why we finally decided to watch it yeah it's really good cool. worth watch okay what else have other people been watching i watched the lion king at the weekend <gasps> and and it was really really good really funny i think people are really intrigued to see it because of beyonce but she doesn't actually have that many speaking parts who does she play again nala. nala how similar is it to the original oh it's exactly the same really and yeah. the songs are really good songs are really good there's like one new song in it by beyonce which is very good so emotional and the best bit of it is the new Timon and Pumbaa. Everything is the same, but like their Timon and Pumbaa, they bring it a bit more up to date. So the jokes that they have, they kind of like riff more off each other and the jokes are more 21st century. Okay. And there's a really, really good bit where they kind of do like a Beauty and the Beast crossover. Cute. It's amazing. Okay. So yeah, it was really good. But it's had quite bad <laughs> reviews, hasn't it? I mean, probably because it is exactly the same. I don't it think is... that's a bad thing though. No, I think if it was different, people would moan. Okay. If it's the same, people moan. If you were a child, would you find the new one more or less enjoyable than the old one? 
I think you would find it really enjoyable. And it was kind of funny in the cinema because there are a lot of kids in there and they cried at all the same bits that like when I was like four okay. when it came out, it's like, like I would have cried at. Oh, and the stuff. bit where, you know, what's that song that they sing? Be you, prepared. Be prepared. Be yeah. prepared. That's the best Ooh, song. Yeah. Who like, plays oh. Scar? It's Chueche Ejiofo. Okay. Yeah, I can see that as well. Yeah. And also, isn't it the guy who played Mufasa yeah. in the original film is the only cast Ooh. member who oh. has this one because they're like, we can't change the voice yeah. Yeah, the voice. James L. Jones. Yeah, James L. Jones. Yeah, but you can tell he sounds really old. Oh, <laughs> God. Okay, so you'd really recommend it? Yeah. And weirdly, like, I thought I was going to hate it, and it was really, really good. So, yeah, I would pay. <laughs> what have you been watching? I've been watching nothing because I'm still mid-kitchen update. I've just noticed, actually, I've got paint all over my legs. We <laughs> got home from work last night, and we're painting till 11pm. So What are you painting? The kitchen. What colour? Okay, so we've done fresh white Dulux base coat. And then we were like, let's go like little green, let's make this premium, but we'll go off-white. So I went to the shop last night to pick it up, took it home. Literally can't see a difference. (laughs) £45 worth of paint. But maybe you went in the daylight. No, I checked this morning, it still looks the same. Everyone knows I like a bit of food chat on the podcast. And we're going to start by talking about fast, free starters, caterers, swear by from grilled turmeric and ginger prawns in baby germ lettuce Mm-mm. to sea bass crudo shaved fennel and radish with lemon and chilli oil we spoke to some of London's top caterers to find out what they serve for starter so I will share more of those in a minute but first of all I want to know what do you make for a starter if someone's coming over Pascal? I go classic prawn cocktail oh do you? old school it's really easy and I'm not going to like lose my head over it because I don't like cooking. Okay. So it's just easy. Okay, it's more so it's assembly, cool. isn't it? A prawn cocktail. You don't have to do just a bit of chopping. Yeah, mixing. and I feel like you can't go wrong with it. So what do you put in your prawn cocktail other than prawns? A bit of shredded lettuce, mm-hmm. some tomatoes, some cucumber. Avo? No. Oh, I feel like Avo really too, does enhance yeah. a prawn cocktail. Really? 70s too mushy. Well, it's no, not like a super ripe one. Just the little bits. Cubes. Yeah, little cubes, yeah. Mm. I generally can't afford to buy massive prawns, but if I could, <laughs> I would go all out because those big ones. Mm. Oh, you know when you go to a restaurant and they like layer them over the side? Yeah, with the, the shell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, love like it. Proper shrimp. Yeah. Mm. But I just go for the little ones. That'll do. And then mix up the sauce. Oh, so good. And what actually is a prawn cocktail sauce? Is it just mayonnaise? Yeah, yeah. Like ketchup. mayonnaise, ketchup, brown sauce. Oh, I don't do that. A little bit of brown Tabasco sauce. Tabasco and paprika. Oh, yeah, that is a good combo. Yeah, yeah I love that. Do you know what? It is old school, but it's a really easy starter. Yeah. So that is a good tip. And crowd pizza. But it's not my favourite starter. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> if I was going to order something, it would totally be garlic bread every time with cheese. I'm surprised you don't do like a baked camembert. I can imagine you. Oh, maybe a Christmas. That. Yeah, it's quite Christmas. Like wintry. <laughs> not <Yeah>. for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love a starter. I just want to eat all starters, no maize, just all starters. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. Oh, I don't like starters. Like, I would always bypass the starter section, focus on... I don't like it when they give you the dessert menu second. I like to, when I'm perusing the menu, to know what is on my dessert menu so I can see Four. what I'm going to have. Because disappointing if you've held out for it and then they're rubbish. That's oh, yeah. true. But yeah, I'm not really into starters. That's fascinating. Mm. I would never hold out for dessert. It's like a, if I happen to have space, yeah. Yeah. then I'll have dessert. Mm-hmm. But it's always no. without starters. I actually yep. feel like there's not that good veggie, vegan options. That 
for starters. Yeah, that's true. Like the only one I can really think of that I would enjoy is a bruschetta, mm. which would be my go-to if I was making something. But I would probably just dine out on like some good bread, good dips, crudite, nice crisps, olives. Mm. If I was hosting, I would get more about the sharing plate. I listen a lot to Jessie Ware and her mum's podcast, Table Manners, and I'm always really surprised at how infrequently they do starters. Yeah. They often do just jump yeah. straight to main course. And yeah. I, I don't know, I've always thought that was like, not what you do, but isn't to yeah. have nothing. Like, mm. it was quite poetic for having people over. But oh yeah, not. you've got to have something. Like, yeah. when, there's nothing worse when you arrive and like, people haven't started cooking the main yet and yeah. you're like oh my god I'm hungry <laughs> and there's nothing to snack on yeah. Yeah, you've got to keep your guests happy I know you're a really big fan of those summer rolls that were sent to the office every day yes. and they're, in this piece there is a recipe for that so they're like the rice paper rolls filled with delicious I would happily have those I would never make them they're really oh, easy they're really easy yeah really, just so much chopping and like I feel yeah, like those are yeah. I think those yeah. are most delicious with the more ingredients that mm. are in them so I feel like it would just get so expensive by the time you've bought like 17 different vegetables I reckon you could literally buy like a carrot a cucumber and some pepper mm. just stuff them up and just make some really good sauces yeah, and yeah. Actually, sauce it's all about the sauces yeah, yeah like a sauté peanut sauce yeah like a sweet yeah. chilli mm. yeah. okay, maybe I'll need to try it oh, yeah. when I've really got my new kitchen guys exactly yeah. <laughs> have a think about that <laughs> Heather you want starters oh uh, yeah big time uh, the thing I've been making most recently just because everyone seems to be talking about it so I've just been sort of drooling and copying accordingly is yeah grilled peaches and mozzarella oh so yeah. what do you do do you do it as a part of a salad or you just do yeah, it like or a just a bit of both it ends I've been having it on lentils as a main course so just like you know those pre-done ones and then with yeah sort of mozzarella dotted on top and then just yeah chop up peaches you can either fry them mm. or just grill what them what do you fry them in just like, like a butter. tiny bit of oil because they're so juicy they kind of caramelise anyway so you don't actually need to put very much if they're quite ripe peaches you don't need to kind of do very much to it and then yeah once it's all on the plate really good olive oil I think ideally they're better on a griddle pan aren't they and also then you get the nice charred I do think grill rather than fry anyway but that with a bit of prosciutto as well yeah you can add you can add that as well yeah so that's what I'm making that sounds very summery yeah yeah, it's very Mm. seasonal I actually in Milwaukee yesterday I had peaches but it was with goat cheese and caramelised walnuts oh caramelised walnuts so good Really easy yeah. recipe. Oh my god, it was so good. It takes like ten minutes, yeah. and the only thing that takes a while is waiting for the peaches to go. Mm. It's super easy. Oh, yeah. delicious and mm. more wintry camembert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and but also yeah, like Louis said, just really, really good bread and butter. I yeah. think is a good mm, way yeah. to start a meal. Well, mine's going to sound really fancy, but it's not. <laughs> we do tuna tartare a lot at home, and actually, the best thing about it is it looks so fancy. Yeah. People are always so impressed by it, <laughs> but it's literally you just buy a good piece of tuna and some avocado and that is it and my dad bought us a little uh, cake mould but yeah, it's a circular mould that you can Cute. build it into yeah. so um, when, we did, when we had people over for New Year's Eve actually we did like little terrines of them but you literally just make marinade and you chop up the tuna into really small slices and then you soak it in the marinade and then you just add the cucumber and then you pile it all on top of each other and just cut it out with a cake yeah so it's thing. in a perfectly it, round circle exactly. but the marinade has to have like lemon in it or something yeah probably lime soy sauce maybe like a bit of mirin fish sauce mm-hmm. like sesame yeah. oil like a bit of all Asian flavours a bit of miso mm. paste that's yeah, lovely. so easy mm. um, so yeah big fan of that the other thing that I always like to use is crab as well again crab with like a squeeze of lemon mm. and some crackers easy mm. easy crab pleaser and also a bit of avocado I feel like avocado makes everything better everyone likes avocado they do well for more tips including things like oh maple trout with creme fraiche pate these are all really good yeah, summer really recipes good. aren't they and melon carpaccio then have a look at the piece on the site 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Okay, let's talk about holidays in the UK. You don't have to travel miles to enjoy a lovely getaway. The UK has got some stunning spots where you can soak up the sights or get adventurous in the great outdoors. We wrote a list of the best places in the UK for a holiday. So I want to know, what are your recommendations? Lou? I love a staycation, even in the winter when England is grey and cloudy. Just like a cosy British getaway is right up my street. And I've talked about loads before, but I think you can't beat the pig. They've got so many now around the UK and are opening a couple more this year and next year. I love the original one in Brockenhurst. It's just like a beautiful country house, incredible food, nothing sort of too like fancy and frivolous just a good stay and I think you come back feeling very rested actually from a British breakaway and would you swap that for a summer holiday abroad no definitely I mean for me what's great about a like a British staycation is that you can do it on like a long weekend I feel really relaxed just having one night away so I probably wouldn't go and stay there for a week I think it feels like more of a treat but I think you know if for whatever reason you can't get abroad and you still need a bit of respite then I think it's a really lovely option Heather? Yeah I like going to the Isle of Skye uh, it's a bit of a trek from London but yeah I've got family who live up there so I can go and stay with them but it's just such a beautiful part of the world and you can just go hiking you can go swimming you can just sit in a pub all day if that's what you want to do there's really really good restaurants up there as well so you can fly there directly from London to Inverness and then it's a couple of hours drive but yeah I really like it up there it's beautiful and in the summer because it's so far up north you get loads of daylight as well so you properly feel like you're out and about and getting the most of the summer and again would you do that as a summer holiday yeah yeah I've done that a few times kind of like a five day kind of thing do you think it's cheaper than going abroad well if you fly easy jet like I do then yeah definitely yeah but even I've gone when my family had been there or when they haven't been there and stayed in sort of airbnbs and if there's a group of you going you two go with about six people or so yeah you can get some really nice little croft cottages and yeah it's cheap so yeah I reckon when I've done it I've done it the whole thing for under sort of 300 quid with accommodation so yeah for like five days like yeah you can kind of if you split like the flights were like 40 quid return split car hire buy food in and cook so yeah it's good oh that's such recommend that I'd love to do that Pascal what about you have you ever been on a staycation no I've never been on one I just think they seem really expensive to me and I'd rather spend that money going abroad, I think. I think it can end up becoming as expensive because often the room rate is more expensive than abroad. So obviously you don't go for as long, you don't have the 
flight costs, airport fees, all of that. So I guess it's more of a two nights max, I would do. Yeah, that. and it's even like me and my partner were thinking about going down to Cornwall and it's so expensive to just get down to Cornwall on a train that it's just like, we might as well just spend that money and go and, you know, get an easy jet flight that costs like 50 quid, mm. whatever. Then take this train that's like £100 each. But I would love to do it. And I always think everyone looks like they have a really good time. And actually me and my partner are from near the New Forest and the New Forest is just a, an amazing place to go and stay. Even if you just go camping like my partner used to go camping there a lot when he was younger and there's so much to do there so I think that's a really cool place to go but yeah we don't get to go on many holidays anyway in a year and I just feel like I'd rather go abroad than stay in the UK and know that the weather's going to be really good Mm. and be able to go for longer yes but what if you couldn't go abroad for a long time and you really just needed a bit of a break a bit of a treat would the UK suffice yeah I would love to do it and I think in winter in particular sometimes you can find some really nice places to go I'd love to do that yeah Yeah. I'm completely with you Bowie I happen to have done a couple of little stays in in the UK but also only in winter never instead of a summer holiday and actually answering the question that you just asked no I'd always still rather get an easy jet flight somewhere in Europe mm. and if you look at the difference in the weather between the UK over the next week and literally anywhere past the channel it's just guaranteed all those places for yeah. July and most yeah. of August so yeah I would always rather even if it does cost a little bit more I'd always rather take that hit and have the guaranteed weather and there's something about getting on a plane and going somewhere else yeah that just feels like so much more of a break. I don't know that last summer we, it's my partner's birthday in July, so it's always pretty hot around his birthday. And we went to the rectory in the Cotswolds and it was literally like turning up at the south of France, this beautiful house, a pool. We sat in the garden and we were really lucky with the weather, but we were like how the difference in the cost of us having to travel to France we literally you know it's like a 30 pound train and it was like so lovely and easy Heather you are our resident lifestyle expert so if you had to recommend somewhere affordable in the UK that wasn't too far from London where would be your top pick? So one of the things that's uh, listed in the piece is the chapel in Somerset where rooms start from 125 per night per couple Lou I know you've been Yes it is amazing so it's in Bruton and it is a converted chapel the restaurant in the most amazing room the architecture and the design is stunning and then all of the rooms have all got their original pieces from the chapel so it's really gorgeous and yeah 125 pounds if you sort of book in advance then you can get a really good rate the food is incredible every morning they will leave a bag of fresh croissants on your door um, which is absolutely amazing and around Bruton as well it's a really cute little town you've got House and Worth is there as well which is an amazing art gallery we actually went there maybe two summers ago and they had the summer party as well so we had a really fun weekend there so definitely want to even go for a day trip I think to Bruton is worth it and have lunch at the chapel I think actually picking somewhere with a good restaurant is key to that yeah. Oh, yeah. because then you feel like you've made the most of the mm. hotel you go and pay the money to stay somewhere and then you have to leave Agree. to eat yeah. that feels a bit more like a double one yeah definitely it? Okay. well for more tips on places to go in the UK if you do fancy a staycation this summer or otherwise then do have a look at the piece on the site Let's talk now about sunglasses. We wrote a piece on how to find sunglasses to suit your face shape. There are so many different styles on off and out, so I know it can be pretty challenging for people. So, oh no, Lou. Oh, I find this difficult. So I have got a very square, angular face. So I find it quite hard, actually, to find sunglasses that suit me. I know you, Charlotte, you say that all sunglasses suit you. 
Correct, but no hats. I always caveat it with no hats. Yeah, <laughs> I, just me showing off about. I like Georgie can wear a hat, but sunglasses are difficult. So I always default to Ray Ban Wayfarers. Every summer, I'm like, right, I need to get a new pair of sunglasses because I've seen myself in so many photographs with these bloody sunglasses. But I then go and try out a new pair, and they just look so stupid on my face. So, what is it? You think it's the squareness of them? What is it about? I them don't know work? what it is, but I think it's that my jawline counteracts the shape <laughs> of the glasses. So there's just too much lineage going on. But what is it about the Wayfarers that works? Oh, I just think they're just a really good classic. I've never seen the Wayfarers not suit somebody. I've got my mum's from the 80s and they still look relevant now. And also they're completely ageless. You know, a teenager can wear them and an 80-year-old can wear them, so... Okay, so maybe square for a square face. But they're quite small sunglasses, aren't they? Exactly. I think oversized would maybe frame. And, you know, they're not square, they're not angular, they've kind of got a soft line, but I just think they're an easy win-win for anyone. If you're unsure, they would be my go-to. I think a lot of Ray-Bans do that. I wear the Clubmasters yeah. as well and they do seem to be universally flattering. They're like Definitely. not too big, not too small. There's a reason why they're the classic yeah. and I think they're 85, yeah, 10. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to last you. You know what else that's really good on everybody? The hexagons. Oh, right. yeah. That would not suit me. Oh, I disagree. No, they're way too angular. I was once called SpongeBob Squareface and oh, I feel no. like there's too many lines going on. I know what you mean. If you then face. compare them to the Wayfarer. Exactly. Classic. Yeah. I think the width of the Wayfarer is probably does in favours. Okay, interesting. Pascal, what kind of sunglasses do you wear? I don't wear sunglasses. What? I mean, you say the Wayfarers suit everyone, but you have not seen me in a pair of Wayfarers. Every single pair of sunglasses I've ever owned just too big for my head. I have like the tiniest head and also like a really weak jawline. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing suits this Okay, face. turn to the side. Your head's really not that small. No. It's not big, but you haven't got like a weirdly small head. I feel like I have. Right. Because no sunglasses, like they just fall off my face all the time. They just do not suit me. So you just don't wear sunglasses full stop? I have a pair of sunglasses, but every time, I, like, <laughs> every time I see a picture of myself, I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, that looks really bad. And when I had to get glasses, I went to like a specialist glasses place. And the girl took about an hour to find a pair of glasses that would fit me. Every single one, she'd put them on, she'd be like, oh. <laughs> have you ever tried kids ones? No, I haven't. But I think maybe I'm in between those two sizes. I've got Teens. like a, teen, <laughs> a teenage size head. Maybe Zara, like TRL. Yeah. That might work. Well, I would say you've got like an overlish face, like I do. That's yeah. a good yeah. thing. So I'm just looking at our future and the experts that we consulted suggested square-shaped sunglasses for a round or an oval-shaped face. So maybe you should get square. I can see you in the Ray-Ban Club Masters. I can too. Yeah. Well, they are square. I just feel like they take up a lot of my face. They look a bit like Jackie O and all sunglasses. No. That's good. Yeah, that's a really good thing. <laughs> Charlotte and I can take your sunglasses yeah, shopping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll sort yeah. this out. We'll okay. pick you up. Um, Heather, what about you? Yeah, well, I don't feel like they suit me either, but I just, whenever I need a new pair of sunglasses, which is just whenever they die a death, I just go to, well, in the past, Topshop and just try on every single pair that are there until eventually one of them looks half decent. The ones I've had the past few years are kind of just quite small, round ones seem to suit me best. Yeah. I don't like anything yet too massive. I feel like you could really pull off like a really oversized, like a Jackie O style. Yeah. When, we, when it was your Hendu and we were out on the roof, I was wearing a pair of Polly's oh, from yeah. Stories. I don't know what I looked like, but everyone's like, wow, they really suit you. Oh, so I need what to, they like? I don't know, because I just kind of put them on and uh, didn't really look at Stories them. actually is a really good high street brand for sunglasses. Yeah. I've got yeah. a few from them. Yeah. But they were quite flicky out, I think, at the size. Like which I, I can imagine oh, you would yeah. never pick. But yeah, I want to ask Polly where she got them yeah. from. My pair broke the other day. I can imagine like Elisteva, those sort of white 
white cat eye. I think they yeah, were really cool. But so in this piece, we said that cat eye is best for a heart shaped face. Yeah, what and face actually, shape have I got? I've I think you've got heart face. Heart shape. Heart, because you're square like Lou, but then you've got more of a yeah. point. Yeah. Oh, I thought, yeah, I have got a point. Oh, I've always wanted to know what my face yeah. shape is. Well, I was that, about to ask. That would explain why. Oh, there we go. Yeah, definitely. I will look at this piece then in more depth now I know which ones to go for. Get cat eye shaped. Charlotte, queen of sunglasses. sunglasses. Yeah, I really don't discriminate when it comes to sunglasses. I have everything. I have classics. I have trend styles. I really... You've got a few of those Matrix versions. I do. I've got some really (laughs) snazzy Matrix ones, which everyone keeps telling me to ditch this year, but I'm just still into it. I really use sunglasses as like an accessory and a way to make things look a bit cooler. And yeah, as I say, I'm lucky. They do tend to suit me most styles, but I look shit in hats. I also think it is one of those pieces where you can sort of get involved with the trends and not have to spend a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Like, I think if you're going to buy a classic pair, then go designer. But if you're going to go for something that fun, you know, you're taking on holiday, sunglasses are very easy to lose. So I think don't go spending money on something that is a bit more fun. I've stopped spending money so much on sunglasses. There was a time when often on the high street you don't get the same UV protection as the high-end brands. Or, you know, you had to spend like 250 quid or something Mm. on a designer pair. And now there are so many brands like the Specs, like Easy Peasy, like loads that are kind of around the £40 mark and do everything functional that you would want them to do and still look really good. So I'm actually, I need to buy my third pair of Easy Peasy's because I've just destroyed two. (laughs) I actually sat on one on holiday, which is really like But I'm really into those kind of almost disruptor brands who are making cool sunglasses a bit more affordable but they're not super cheap mm. you know what you're getting with them that's um, a really good point yeah. actually about the actual eye protection because that is what they're yeah. there for. Okay. well if you're not sure exactly what your face shape is or you're still looking for the perfect pair of sunglasses for you then have a look at the piece on the site we spoke to experts from Finlay and Co and aforementioned Lispex so do have a look holiday season is upon us and shopping for swimwear is hard job, whatever your body shape, isn't it? But it's particularly challenging if you have big boobs. So we went to a crack team of experts to get all their tips for finding swimwear in a size D and above. So tips in this piece included things like looking for good support, trying swimsuits that cinch in at the waist, looking for padding and underwiring and various things. So I want to know, what are your biggest challenges when looking for swimwear? I think what used to be a challenge but isn't anymore is when swimming costumes weren't in fashion at all. So it's kind of bikinis or proper speedo, like swimming costumes. Don't forget when the tankini oh, don't, yeah, I was gonna oh, had its face. They never looked great, no, did they? Did. And again, if you've got big boobs, they just kind of ride up. So you've just got the middle, the worst oh, bit, I mean, kind you of could spilling out. Have the most banging body in the one, a tankini <laughs> would still not be good. No. But now there are swimming costumes it's perfectly fine like there's loads of different ones you can have and loads of them got built-in support as well but you've just got that more coverage you don't feel like you've not got under boob it's not spilling out over the top or anything so you would only ever go swimsuit you wouldn't buy these days yeah yeah say 10 years ago if the option was there i probably would have done but it was just kind of bikini or nothing okay so what do you look for in a swimming costume for your body shape or for your for me black is usually (laughs) helpful because i like that can be because it's slimming and something that you know it's not going to give me a wedgie or anything at the moment uh, this year again off the back of a feature that you two did I bought a swimming costume from Oisho and they had loads of different swimming costumes but they've got quite deep V's but then fancy sleeves with like big frills on so you feel like you know it's kind of backless and has a deep V but then because you've got like the big sleeves spilling over you don't feel like you're kind of 
revealing too much. But you're into it. Oh yeah, I like it. Kids. Pascal, what do you look for? I don't know. I quite like the swimming costumes. I don't like a triangle mm-hmm. that much. I don't feel like they have any support. And then you're always kind of like, especially like some high street brands, you're kind of just spilling out the sides. And it's very risky to like get in the sea <laughs> in your bikini top. Uh, also, the bottoms are always tiny and don't fit big bums. Even if it's like a size 14, it's not a size mm-hmm. 14. You mean like the tie sided ones? Yeah. 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 So would you look to buy separate like bikini top and bottoms? So I imagine that's difficult if you're smaller on the bottom but you've got a bigger bust then obviously that makes sense for you to be able to buy different sizes in both the bottoms and the top yeah definitely and something like me and my sister both noticed when we were trying to buy I mean I don't think we've got massive boobs but something that we found hard in the past was like trying to find a bikini top that has support that doesn't look like old-fashioned or like you know, just got loads of underwiring and just kind of looks like a bit like a mum bra, which I think has is, is gotten much better these days. But that used to be a real issue. Yeah, it I, used to be that sort of really right. thick straps, very yeah. like balconette shape. Like, and you could see the yeah. underwires yeah. and, and like, like the like, ribbing yeah. and the backs as well being like a real oh, round, real yeah. really thick, not yeah. attractive. But now I kind of just like the ones that are still straps, but they just go all the way across. Kind of like a sporty yeah. one, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think Warehouse are really good for those kind of bikinis. Yes, Warehouse. Polly actually, I was on holiday right now and uploaded a picture of herself in a yeah. really nice Warehouse bikini. Mm. They've got some good ones. Yeah, yeah. They've got loads of choice as well. And their bikini bottoms just, like, cover your bum. And you're still more into a bikini than a swimming costume. Yeah. But only because I like to You tan. like tanning. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I obviously can't contribute to the big boob issue <laughs> because I have nothing. Oh, God, I hate swim costume shopping so much. I think everyone does. Yeah. Oh, I saw you you had a really nice swimming costume it's black yes so that's really nice so that's from Cozy & Co and again as you said Heather sort of swimming costumes coming back into fashion is a real game changer I've got a shorter torso so for me a swimming costume puts everything a little bit more in proportion so yeah Cozy & Co is a really really good brand they're such good fabrics and they come in a variety of different shapes I've got the poppy in black which is lush and Dos Gardenias Georgie and I have also got one of their like black swimming costume it's sort of like a body slash swimsuit Mm. I just think like the fabrics are really important like you want them to sort of tuck you in in all the right places and not go saggy I hate swimming costumes that go saggy same with bikinis but if I was going to go bikini, I actually think J. Crew have got some really, really nice styles and they don't have them in the shops in the UK anymore, but you can buy them online. And they've got such a huge size range, which I think is really, really useful. And again, everything's separate. So if you want something a bit more covered on the bottom, that also really helps. But I just I really don't like bikini shopping. I remember once I got one a pink tie dye bikini from New Look probably like 15 years ago and I was obsessed it was a bandeau it was like the best shape I don't wear a lot of color so for me getting like a neon pink bikini was so crazy but I don't know sometimes a brighter color if you're really fair can actually enhance your skin tone a bit more and actually looks better than black or navy which I would normally default to but I remember that I was holding on to this bikini for so long and then the fabric went and the color gone and it was like I had to say goodbye to this perfect bikini so yeah so I I'm with you on the colour. I never wear black. And actually, whenever I do, it really washes me out, black swimwear. And I actually 
really tend to wear bright colours, which again, I don't really in my normal life, but I love the swimwear. And I'm actually really into a high waisted bikini. That yeah, is, I, I, I do have a lot of swimsuits, mm. but I would never now wear like a, a low, t- yeah, like a low Slung, rise. And, like, yeah. because, because you don't have to. It's like a whole yeah. other bit of your body that you don't need to worry about. And you know, and I stress that's everyone's personal preference. And, and yeah. if you're confident enough, then sure. But I also love that there are options that yeah. if you're feeling a little, a little bloated or yeah, whatever, yeah, you've got the option. Yeah. So yeah, J Crew is, I agree, a great place to find high waisted swim. The other thing that I've really learned is I tend not to buy swimmer on the high street. It's a bit like gym gear for me that it just looks better if you spend a little bit more. So actually more so than anything else in my wardrobe. Because again, in terms of things that cost a lot of money it's at the cheaper end of designer which I know then people think what a waste of money but yeah. actually they really last and I've got swimsuits from brands like Solid and Stripe you know I don't spend hundreds and hundreds but Solid and Stripe going yeah. to the next port of sale you can get their swimsuits for like £70 and I've got some that this is their fourth summer and yeah. they're still in perfect condition and the sale is such a good idea and I think also don't buy swimwear when you need it always yeah. keep an eye <laughs> out for like throughout the year because as soon as you see one you like you're going to need it at some mm-hmm. point so yeah. don't wait until the week before your holiday in July because the shops now have completely sold out of all their swimwear Mm. so I think you always need to look at the beginning of the year or in the sales and you can get some good designer buys I also love the outlet for swimwear again particularly out of season that is the time to look and also another hack that I really like with high-waisted swim I guess you can do this with any bikini but is mixing and matching Mm. so often just buy bras that I know and that's another way of combating the the sizing issue I never buy sets I'll buy a top from somewhere I don't think there's anyone really who would ever be a perfect like this is a size 10 bikini for example and that the bottom and top would fit exactly right yeah and actually not that many high-end brands do that anymore no 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 anyone's i know that you still have to buy them together full set but often you can buy like the prices as a full set but then you select your sizes within that that's a very good point actually Mm. well if you do have big boobs then definitely have a look at the piece on the site and do keep an eye out on show because we know how hard shopping for swimwear is for everybody so we are definitely going to be featuring a lot more over the coming weeks finally the flip-flops officially in fashion gone are the days where it was reserved for the beach everyone who's anyone is wearing flip-flops out and about these days so i want to know would you do it pascal no only because i find them really uncomfortable i just can't get used to wearing them like it's like just gonna fall off my feet all the time yeah so no from me so you don't wear them on holiday or anything i would wear them like down to the pool but i wouldn't wear them like out in the evening just because you don't feel uncomfortable no and I think just sandals are nicer fair I think you summarised mm. <laughs> one of the arguments quite well Heather yeah I struggle to walk in them also I think I've got really high instep so any sort of flat shoe can be a bit problematic if it's not got a strap on oh. for my feet but yeah at the moment I'm wearing jelly shoes which I know are a crime but I love no, them no jelly shoes are back for listeners Heather's <laughs> wearing like proper old school beach jelly shoes yours are brown yeah. which is more chic I would yes. probably want like pink if yeah I would want glitter bad. I've got some glitter ones at home <gasps> Yeah. No, they're all right. These ones, especially the soles, as in the inner soles, mm. are kind of like got a sort of not sandpaper, like but a kind of raised bit, so okay. they're not slippy. <laughs> which is, it doesn't sound very nice, <laughs> but you know, that kind of it looks like sandpaper, but doesn't feel like it. It's kind of yeah, so you're not sliding Cute. about in them. Uh, so yeah, I like a jelly. I like my Birkenstocks as well, although. I do a new pair because my current ones just need to go but when I first got them they took me so long to yeah, wear there's down there's a lot of bedding so but then they are very comfortable I'm putting it off when I bought my first pair of Birkenstocks everyone's like they're the comfiest shoe yeah. you'll ever wear but no one told me that you'll literally shred your feet mm-hmm. to shreds yeah. before you actually kind of get to that stage so yeah putting off I'm going to stick with my jellies until then I think Lou into the flip flop I 
have not got a problem with it at all. And I think for me, they're almost like the summer version of a trainer in that you can be wearing a dress or something really pretty or something really smart and then put a flip flop on and it just suddenly grounds the outfit a bit more and makes it a bit more relevant for daytime. But I personally wouldn't wear them. I would rather wear a Birkenstock. I sort of live in them in the summer or sort of a sandal. And they would sort of do the same thing that the flip flop is doing to a nice dress. But I've got no problem with them and I'm not really sort of divided on, oh, you should never wear flip-flops to the office. Obviously not if you're wearing a suit, but... <laughs> yeah, uh, well, don't right your yeah I mean, yeah. I think... You say they're back. We were talking about this again last summer. So I think they'll sort of always be around. I'm really obsessed with the fact that it's now, like, legitimate to wear them, like, to yeah. the office. I wore them, like, every day last week, and then there was one day where I didn't, and I was like, oh, this yeah. is rough. <laughs> like, I find them so comfy, Pascal, unlike you. And for me, that, as you say, it kind of replaces the trainer. Yeah. I don't think that works in every circumstance. So, like, today, for example, I'm wearing a dress that could be misconstrued as beachy because it's hot out. So, therefore, if I wore my flip-flops, I would literally look Completely. like a beach. So, I wore trainers instead. Yeah. So, I think you've really got to be careful yeah. what you wear it with. Completely. And actually, from what I've just said, maybe I take that back and I think actually they only work in consideration with the rest of your outfit Mm -hmm. I don't think you can just like throw them on and walk out the house I think you really need to think about what you're wearing top half in order for them to be acceptable yeah whereas with trainers I feel like you can more just throw them on just for me they like a Birkenstock is just too I don't know I'm just too short and dumpy like it just doesn't work for me (laughs) it's just not my vibe no no I am I just can't hide it quite well so um, (laughs) I don't know they're just not me and the strappy sandals also like it just isn't me whereas if, if you're somebody who likes to kind of really mix up the high-low casual yeah. thing and do something a bit more unexpected then I feel like it's perfect yeah. my other point in this piece was that they are really democratic like they it's are. very rare that a trend like A suits everybody B is super cheap you know unlike yeah. a cycling short I feel like this is pretty universal it's <laughs> a good thing there's just a time and a place there's a time and a place correct I think that's just about all we've got time for this week if you have any feedback at all please do email podcast at shillux.com we love hearing from you and don't forget to rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends bye-bye Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.